So we're going to continue in specifics about the virtual cleanliness, and we're continuing with the topic of last night, which is the idea of staying far away from telling an untruth. So we said the first class of people are the people who fabricate on a daily basis. Their entire lives are based on fabrications. They're, they're making up whole hat lies for the sake of whatever reason that they're doing it. They're doing it either because they want people to talk they want to you know, be a raconteur, or perhaps they want to be considered wise and well-informed. The second category of people, they're not, they're not going to make it up whole hat. That's already something that's too far for them to do. But they're not going to be so careful with the stories. And very, very often, perhaps as often as every day, they're going to actually flat out lie when they're saying over a story and, and misrepresent certain details. Then we get up to the third category. There are still others whose malady is milder than that of the former. These are the ones who are not as entrenched in lying, but are also not concerned about keeping their distance from it. Okay. If the opportunity arises, they will lie, though often they will lie in a joking manner or the like without any ill intent. Right. So basically what he's saying over here is, this is also a category of lying. When people you know, say as a, as a joke, they make something up, then they say uh, you know, one of these things where you, a joke that you're, something which is completely ridiculous, right? But ultimately, you actually are lying when you make that joke. And you're going to very, very, uh, very soon, you're going to reveal to the people that you're actually lying. The fact of the matter is, you are using your lips to say something that is not true. And that itself is a problem because it habituates you in this, uh, in this character. Um, nonetheless, the wisest of all men, King Solomon, has instructed us that all of this is contrary to the will of the Creator, blessed be He, and to the virtue found among his pious. This is what is written in Proverbs, the righteous hate false words. It is in reference to this that the following prohibition was issued. Now he's going to quote a verse in the Torah, and it's a famous verse, and the verse says, Midbar sheker tirchak, which literally means you shall distance yourself very far from a false word. Now, generally speaking, when it comes to prohibitions in the Torah, it tells us you're not allowed to bear a false testimony. It tells us you're not allowed to take Hashem's name in vain. It doesn't say distance yourself from doing that. It says, Hishamer, which means don't do it. But now it says, don't just, it doesn't just say don't do it. It says even distance yourself from that. Why does it say even to distance yourself? And note that it does not say safeguard yourself from falsehood, but rather distance yourself from falsehood to make us aware how much we need to distance ourselves and flee to escape this. And it has already been stated in Sefania. The remnant of Israel should do no iniquity, nor speak falsely, nor should there be found in their mouths a deceiving tongue. And this is the importance of not saying something which isn't true. The sages of blessed memory said in the Talmud, the stamp of the Holy One, blessed be he, is truth. And therefore, if the Holy One, blessed be he, chose the truth as his stamp, how loathsome must its opposite be to him. Furthermore, the Holy One, blessed be he, has severely cautioned us about the truth, when stating, speak the truth one to another. And he has said, the throne of the Messiah will be established with benevolence and he will sit on it through truth. And he said, indeed, they are my nation, my sons who will not lie. What do we see from here? We see from here is, from here we learn that the former being called the eternal's nation, right? Which he's describing in Isaiah, at the end of Isaiah, Hashem says, God tells us that indeed they are my nation, my sons, Right? It's a very a warm way of speaking that we are Hashem's nation, we are the chosen nation. But more than that, we are also his sons, right? like a father speaking to his sons, who will not lie. In other words, the 
fact that we are his nation, the fact that we are his sons is predicated on not telling a lie. It's not predicated on anything else. He doesn't, there's no other specific in, individual mitzvah or prohibition that is going to make us lose our ability to be called his nation, his sons. But what will be, what will cause us to lose that will be telling, telling an untruth. From here we learn that the former being called the Eternal's nation and his sons is dependent upon the latter, that they refrain from lying. Furthermore, he said in the prophets, and Jerusalem will be called the city of truth to magnify its value. That one of the names of Jerusalem is the city of truth because that is the value of truth. That's how important it is to God. And the sages of blessed memory have already said in the Talmud, and one who speaks the truth from his heart applies, for example, to the incident involving Rav Safra, which teaches us how great is one's obligation to speak the truth. I'm not positive what that is referring to, but perhaps it's referring to the incident with Rav Safra, who one time was, uh, was being offered, he was a merchant, and he was in the middle of praying, and somebody offered him a certain amount of money for his uh, produce, whatever he was selling, and he didn't answer because he was in the middle of praying. So the guy thought, oh, he needs more money. He's bargaining. So he started raising it and raising it and raising it until finally Rav Safra finished davening. And the guy at that point had already offered, let's say double, whatever the number was, he had offered significantly more than his initial price. And Rav Safra said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take anything more than the original number. He said, well, why would you not take more than the original number? I'm ready to pay it. I'm happy, happy to pay it, right? This is a free market. And yeah, this is what I'm ready to pay. He said, no, I would have said yes at the original price. It would be dishonest for me to take more just because you misinterpreted my silence as me bartering with you and bar bargaining with you. And rather, it was really just silence due to the fact that I was praying. They have also forbidden a Torah scholar to alter his words, except in three cases. Okay, so the three cases that, that a Torah scholar is permitted to lie about is if someone asks, how much Torah do you know? A Torah scholar is permitted to lie and, and doesn't have to say how much Torah he knows. He could uh, downgrade how much Torah knowledge he has for the sake of modesty. Now, it doesn't mean to say that if someone says to a Torah scholar, asks them a question in halacha, it's not modest to say, I don't know the answer, right? If you do know the answer, right? If you don't know the answer, you definitely should say you don't know the answer. But if you do know the answer and you say, I don't know the answer, that's false modesty. And that's obviously, that's not the right move. However, if someone just asks randomly, how much Torah do you know? It's okay to not tell the truth. That's one of the places where it's okay for a Torah scholar not to tell the truth. Um, the other one is if someone asks a, an inappropriate question regarding uh, marital relations, then a Torah scholar is allowed to lie about something like that. It's an inappropriate question. You're permitted to lie. Uh, another case is, um, I think the third case has to do with if someone asks you about um, hosting, but I can't remember what the context is right now. It's in the Gemara in uh, Bava Metzia. Um, those are the only three cases the Torah scholars permitted to lie. Now, there is one case in which everybody's permitted to lie, and this is a different Talmudic place, and that is Laman Shalom, for the sake of peace. For the sake of peace, you're permitted to lie. If, you, if by telling the truth, you're going to cause friction, you're going to cause tension, you're going to cause anger, you're permitted to lie. And the Gemara brings many sources throughout the, throughout the Torah in which this happened. And one of, the, one of the best sources that it brings is that the sons of Yaakov come to Yosef after the father dies. And Yosef is sort of distancing himself from them and treating them differently after Yaakov died. And they are concerned that Yosef wants to take revenge now for what happened so many years prior. So what they do is they go tell Yosef, you know what? Abba told us to tell you that you should not treat us badly after he dies. That's what he wants from you. But the truth is he never told them that at all. So they were lying 
for that purpose. And the Gemara says, oh, that's a source that you're permitted to lie for the sake of peace, right? Because that's the only time that you're permitted to lie across the board is for the sake of peace. Okay. And since one of the pillars on which the world stands is the pillar of truth, which it says in, in Pirkei Avos, in Chapters of Our Fathers, anyone who tells lies is regarded as if he has removed the foundation of the world. Because if what the world stands on is pillar of truth, then by telling a lie, conversely, you have removed the foundation of the world. Conversely, one who is heedful of the truth is regarded as maintaining the foundation of the world. The sages of blessed memory have told us of a place where people were heedful of the truth, and consequently, the angel of death was powerless there. Right? So what's the secret to immortality? The secret to, to immortality would be to always be very careful with the truth. Not, not quite literally, though. That, that's not exactly what they're saying over there. What they're saying over there is that the angel of death would have a hard time taking people before, they, uh, before let's say, old age would take them. However, because a wife of one of the rabbis altered her words, although her intention was for the good, the angel of death began to make trouble for them until they sent her away because of this, and then they were able to return to their tranquility. There is no need to dwell on this at length since it is dictated by common sense and borne out by reason. The importance of always telling the truth and how the truth is going to be the foundation of the world, the seal of Hashem, and anyone who deviates from the truth in a way that is not permissible in any way at all, right? So we're talking in a very small fashion at this point, right? Not, not necessarily because you want to benefit from it. You're going to get some sort of monetary gain. That's not what we're talking about. You're deviating from the truth. God wants truth in this world. And if you do so, you're breaking the foundation of the world and you are someone who is standing for the opposite of what the seal of God stands for, which is clearly not a good thing, not a good place to be. Okay. Take care, everyone. Be well.